Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Please contact your account representative for more information on these risks. Past performance is not indicative of future results. If you like grain markets and other stuff, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Grain Markets and Other Stuff Podcast. Here's your host, Joe Baklovic. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Grain Markets and Other Stuff Podcast. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening. To this point, I've had 8,500 downloads over the first month. Um, I don't know if that's good or not. It sounds all right to me. So um, keep listening, keep subscribing. Uh, if you haven't subscribed already, any of the podcast apps, uh, this thing is available on Apple, Google, Spotify. I guess Stitcher is a popular one that a lot of people have that I never even heard of, but it's on Stitcher as well. So if you haven't subscribed, make sure you do that. I've been updating this uh, once a week with these longer form episodes and, of course, every morning with uh, daily market commentary. If you'd like to follow me in a little bit more in real time, uh, the first way to do it would be on Twitter, at Standard Grain. You can follow me there, and I don't post as much as I used to, but I, I do still post a few things uh, here. The, the best way, if you'd like to keep up in real time, is to subscribe to my um, email service. And for $49 a month, you can get on uh, my email, my text message service. It, the email goes out every morning at 6.30 Central Time. Includes all of our grain marketing alerts. Also send via text message. That's a $49 a month deal. Uh, you can subscribe to it. Cancel it at any time. Uh, very good feedback on that too. The subscription service is, is fairly new. And uh, I've, I've had some, some good results and, and strong feedback from there uh, so far. What's going on? This is kind of busy season for those of us in the commodity business. A lot of traveling. Uh, a lot of speaking engagements. A lot of television. A lot of radio. There's just a lot going on. Uh, this time of year when the uh, when the farmer is not busy that is when uh, we tend to be busy who's got that phone ringing uh, when the farmer's busy or not busy when you're not in the field that's when uh, we are out kind of making the rounds and I'm going to talk a little bit about that today um, other than that it's kind of rainy season down here uh, in Tennessee all of my favorite lakes are flooded what what the uh, what the Army Corps the TVA does with a lot of our, our reservoirs down here, they draw them down big time in the winter in preparation for the rainy season. So a lot of these lakes, uh, the lakes that we fish around here, they draw down 20 or 30 feet during the winter in preparation for the rainy season. Well, as of this last weekend, all of the lakes that I fish, they're at summer pool, which means they're full. We've had so much rain here. Um, all of the lakes are pretty much full, if, if not above full. So uh, that tells you what our weather pattern has been down here. But uh, I did get some fishing in over the weekend, gearing up for our first tournament, first club tournament, which is uh, February. February 29th. I have not touched a guitar in probably six weeks uh, since we had the new baby uh, in November and just with a lot of other stuff going on with work. I uh, haven't had time for that. Hope to, to pick up a guitar uh, sometime soon after rainy season is over. So the title of today's episode is Broken Clocks. And what do we know about a broken clock? Well, the old saying is that broken clocks are right twice a day broken clocks don't work. My guess would be that if you had a broken clock in your house and that it was able to talk, it would probably brag twice a day about how correct that it was. And the rest of the day, uh, maybe it would be a little bit quieter. Um, let me tell you a little bit about ag media. 
what is ag media? Um, all the ag television shows, ag market television shows, ag market radio. Uh, I do quite a bit of all of that stuff. I have for years. Um, it was never a plan of mine to get involved in that. Uh, when I was in my early 20s, I was working at MF Global. This would have been 2007 probably, maybe maybe even before that. Um, one of the managers went around the office and asked if anybody had interest in providing video commentary for the CME group. And nobody had any interest in doing it. I thought it was a great opportunity, even though I didn't know a whole lot at the time. So um, I probably faked my way through it for the first year or two. And, you know, I, I was good enough at it to spew off some headlines and kind of say what was going on. I don't know that I had any real strong opinions about the markets or anything like that, which may have been a better thing, actually. But in any case, that's how I got started doing it. And, and that turned into to doing a lot more ag media. It turned into more radio shows, television shows, uh, live interviews for some of the cable stations. Back when we had bull markets in the grains and things were a little bit more exciting, I had opportunities to do TV for CNBC and Fox Business and some of the, the more widely watched uh, cable networks, in any case, I have always called this stuff, the TV, the radio, all that stuff that I do. I've always called it the dog and pony show. It's a dog and pony show. There's, there's, you know, everybody comes to see it. Everybody wants to, to see what's going on. But at the end of the day, most of the time, I don't really have the time or ability to get across the point that I'd like to get across. And that's problematic because we, we live in a world where everything is just sound bites. It's sound bites and short little snippets and Twitter posts. It's, it's very hard to articulate a thought when you've got 20 seconds to talk in a, in a television interview or even in some of the radio interviews I do that are, you know, two or three minutes long. It's, it's very difficult to articulate a thought. And unfortunately for people like me, and there's, there's a lot of us that do this, this sort of circuit where we're doing radio and we're doing television and, and it's, it's really for promotional purposes, you know, to, to get our name out there. Let us let you know that we're in business. Um, we're intelligent. We have intelligent things to say. Um, but, but it is kind of a dog and pony show. That's why I like this podcast platform. It, it gives me all the time in the world to, to really tell you what I'm thinking or why I'm thinking it. Whereas in, in the TV world or in the, the AM radio world, um, you don't always have that luxury. And that's not to say that I, I can't get a good point across. And I, and I really enjoy doing a lot of that stuff. Um, but this is just a, a platform here. That's a little bit different. So I see a lot of problems with the um, I see a lot of problems with the the soundbite uh, world that we live in with the the environment of of just very short headlines, Twitter posts, soundbites that might be ten or fifteen seconds long. Um, it when you're somebody like me, it seems like there's this need to excite your audience or to say something extreme. It seems to me in these instances that extreme sells, meaning that people are interested or, or will pay more attention when you say something crazy or off the wall or extreme. I think that fear sells. I think that if you say something very scary, very bearish, very negative about the markets, I think that that sells. It draws attention. Um, I think that it you know, along the same lines, extreme optimism sells. Um, every summer you hear somebody say, oh, well, corn's going to five bucks this summer. And that's, that sells. People are interested in in hearing that. It's it's something that you want to hear. Now, does that mean that the person who goes on TV and calls for $5, $6 corn, does that mean that they 
generate a whole bunch of business or sell a bunch of subscriptions. I, I don't know because I don't do that, but uh, maybe it does. I, I don't know. But I think that the, the thing that kind of falls to the wayside is a realistic, level-headed approach to uh, doing TV and doing radio and doing media and doing these little sound bites because that doesn't really get, it doesn't draw attention to you. And I guess maybe I've had that problem. Maybe I need to go on TV or radio and say crazy things. Um, I, I don't think I will, but I could see the mer- I could see the merit in it. I, I could see the merit in it because there's just there's there's this appetite for things that are crazy. So let me ask you this question. I, I don't know if this is even a thing or not, but if you have a, a an analyst, a market analyst, or or somebody on TV that you really like to listen to, ask yourself this question. Are they always singing the same tune? Are they always bullish the market? Are they always bearish the market? And if so, how is that helpful to you? Is that person a broken clock? They're always reading the same time. They are right twice a day, and maybe in this instance, more like twice a year. And when they're right, they'll be very quick to tell you about it. But I just, I do not believe that there is any merit whatsoever to being either a perma bull, as some people would even describe themselves. I'm a perma bull or a perma bear. If you're a perma bull or a perma bear, you are perma stupid because these markets fluctuate. We go in cycles throughout the course of almost every calendar year. We get into bear market territory. We get into bull market territory. We get into sideways territory. To hold the same attitude all year, every year, for years and years and years, I don't know how you could be doing your customers any favors. I really don't. Do you get to tell everybody that you're right every now and then? Yes, you do. Are you going to tell everybody that you're wrong most of the time or half the time even? Um, No, you're just going to continue to beat the drum until you're right. So I don't know that that sort of, of attitude somebody who who declares themselves I'm I'm a perma bull, I'm a perma bear. I just don't know that that really does anybody any good. Um you can always find a bullish headline, you can always find a bearish headline and and we've talked about headlines and and how I don't want to say they're detrimental to your grain marketing or your market activity. They can actually be helpful if you use them in the right way. We talked about sentiment and how when the funds get real heavy long, say the corn market, a lot of times that represents a marketing opportunity. When the funds get really heavy short the corn market, a lot of times that presents an opportunity for the end user to lock up their needs. Um, sentiment is is a big thing, but I just I can't I can't get on board with commentary that is just the same old song and dance every single time. It's just, I don't, I don't understand who that's helping. If, if maybe I'm wrong about this and maybe the people who are, are self-declared perma bull, perma bear, or, or maybe not self-declared, but you just know it the moment they open their mouths, maybe they're the ones that are, are raking in all the subscription money and, and the brokerage business. Um, I'm not sure. I hope, I hope they are, I guess. I don't know that they're doing anybody any good, but um, in any case, when you when you watch TV, when you listen to me on the radio, you see me on on television, and people like me who are doing this sort of stuff, this dog and pony show, um, 
and really take a listen and and see if the information is doing any good. Does it does it do you any good if somebody says there's going to be a drought this summer and corn's going to five bucks? What do, what good does that do you right now? I think you need a level-headed approach. I do. Moving forward this week, we have a USDA report on Tuesday. The February WASD report is typically not a big market mover. The trade is not expecting any major changes versus last month. You never know with the government. There's always the potential for a surprise, but that should not be a big market mover. We continue to watch the coronavirus, which continues to expand. I know there's been some talk that... uh, The virus is responsible for China's lack of major U.S. ag purchases. I'm not buying into that narrative as of yet. Maybe I will at some point. I think the narrative, I think the actual story, the actual story rather, is that U.S. soybeans are not competitive. Brazil and Argentina have a combined record crop. Uh, They've got a super cheap currency. They've got a freight advantage. I think that's all you need to know about that situation. So, again, I have a lot of skepticism about this trade deal. I've said it before. I hope I'm terribly wrong about this. I really, really do. You look at where the funds are at in beans. Funds are short 80-something thousand contracts of soybeans as of last Tuesday. That's a pretty, I don't know if I call it extreme, that's a very large short position. There's only been a handful of times over the last five years that the fund position in, in the short fund position in beans has been larger than that. So if, if managed money is any any uh, indicator here, uh, the, the trade is not convinced at all that um, that these purchases will come to fruition. Now, just like when funds are heavily long, I say that's a good marketing opportunity sometimes. When funds get very heavily short, if I was, put it this way, if I was an end user in soybeans, I'd be taking a very serious look at my needs here uh, during the next maybe 12 to 18 months. Uh, one thing to be aware of, and I talked about this a little bit, I think, in the last episode, most of our best marketing opportunities the last four or five years have come in May, June, and July. That's a lot later than I'd like them to be. I'd like to be able to to price half my crop before it even goes in the ground uh, when it comes to corn, soybeans, or winter wheat for that matter. But uh, we may not be given that opportunity this year, which is unfortunate. I, I really like to have that line drawn in the sand if if profitable levels are available, and, and we're just not there right now. So I, I hope some sort of opportunity presents itself uh, sooner rather than later, as is always the case for the most part. Uh, the stock market appears to be about bulletproof. Uh, as I speak here right now, the S&P is floating right around all-time highs again. So very, very strong despite the uh, the coronavirus, despite uh, everybody telling us that it's overvalued. If you'd like some more information from me, go to my website, go to standardgrain.com, click on Grain Marketing Plan, take a look at that subscription service. If you are seeking that level-headed approach, I believe I can provide it to you. My morning email goes out every day at 6.30 Central Time. It's a very quick read. You can read it on your phone in about five minutes. Um, It includes all of my grain marketing alerts. That stuff is also sent via text message to my subscribers. And uh, we've seen a nice growth in subscribers here as of late. Very good feedback. If you're not already subscribed to the podcast, make sure you go ahead and do it. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, jump on there. Make sure you receive this stuff in real time. Everyone have a great day today. Have a great week. We'll catch you next time.